Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Winnie Mantor Book Club podcast. I am Maddie here with Courtney. Hello, and today we are reviewing this absolute dime jewel gem, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. Cassie? Casey McQuinston. You get it. Anyways, mm-hmm. boy, what a piece. What a literary work. This is going to be a good episode. What a work of art. I. I literally look at all that. Look at all my little taps. I I did a, a, a dog ear. Is that what it's called? I just folded down the pages. Oh my god, they're gonna hate you. I know. I'll fix it later. I promise. But nope, um, there's no fixing it. They're forever damaged now. It's my book anyway. Look what you've done. I don't care. It's mine. I can do whatever I want to it. I literally uh, take my spines and like. So, yeah. Don't worry about the pages, friends. Yeah, I feel that 100%. So this book, (laughs) if you're not familiar, is a TikTok book. This is a book that was huge on TikTok. Lots and lots and lots of people saying to read it. Once again, TikTok, this is a a TikTok hit. This is a bop. This is a banger. This is a, this book, I have never felt more seen in my life by a book. (laughs) This book spoke to me because I have a master's degree in political science. I want to be a data analyst. And that, like, that was just, like, a huge part of this story. So, yeah. I I mean, well, it, it appealed to me also. I, mm-hmm. I went to GCU. They don't have political science because it's a religious university. Mm-hmm. So they don't do politics. I got a degree in government with an emphasis in pre-legal studies, which is the mm-hmm. exact same thing mm-hmm. as Polly said. And I am mm-hmm. now a third-year law student. So politics, and, and I have worked for political nonprofits before. So politics mm-hmm. is something I am very familiar with. And it is so good in this book. It was so I knew that you were going to like it too, just yeah. because of like, it's just, we read so much stuff and like, yeah, wedding crasher there was a lawyer and whatever but like it was nice to finally have a book that like is actually tied into the field that we've spent most of our adult lives so far in um Mm. so yeah it it was gonna be a smash i mean it could have been terrible but it's not it's It's tiktok really got it right with this one and this book came out i think in like 2019 yeah it's been out for a while it's it's pre-covid book yes Um, it takes place but, in 2020 in an alternate timeline of 2020 where COVID did not occur. Yes. Um, also, one of the <clears throat> side, main side characters in this book, he's pretty integral to the plot, but he is a representative from Colorado, I believe, mm-hmm. um, where Maddie and I grew up. Um, and they were talking about free lunches and stuff. Yeah. In the legislature, yep. and that was something that Maddie and I both directly benefited from when yes. we were in school. So a lot of really neat kind of hidden tidbits here and there. Um, but yeah, do you want to hop into a yes. little summary of the plot here? All right. So Red, White, and Royal Blue is a romance between the first son of the United States. So his mom is the president of the United States. And the... Done the prince of england now he's not like the prince like he's not the one that's next in line to be in the throne he's the the spare he's he's the what who is the spare harry right 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the Harry of this, except if Harry was gay and cool. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's neither. He is neither. And it's, yeah. So basically, the story starts out with um, his, so the prince's brother is getting married. And the prince's name is Henry. And the main character, his name, the main character of the story is told from his perspective, kind of, is Alex. And he's the first son. Now, Henry's brother is getting married, and of course, you know, the uh, people in the United States, the president, the president's family, they're going to attend the wedding, and they are going to um, just show up for some optics, you know, get their photo taken, and be like, wow, look at us. We're really great world leaders. Well, Alex has a little bone to pick, okay? He, not a fan of Henry, he met Henry at some point at some other place. Um, and it did not go well. In fact, Henry was kind of a jerk to him. Henry was basically like, oh, you're still here. And that really irked Alex. So Alex has had this grudge against him for so long, like since 2016. So I guess it's like three years, but it's, it seems like so long in this book. And they, um, you know, go to the wedding. He's, you know, talking to... Henry, he's a little drunk, and he's, like, really, like, you know, irked, and he's like, you just think you're so much better than everybody else, and something happens, I don't know exactly, but for some reason, Alex finds himself falling backwards, and he grabs Henry by the arm, and he pulls Henry down with him, and the two of them fall over onto their $75,000 cake that they bought for the wedding. Ah! And so, they're like, wow nice going and everybody's pissed okay like well i think truly the only worst thing you can do at a wedding is like spill red wine on the bride's dress yes like that's quite literally the only Mm -hmm. thing that you could do that would be worse Mm -hmm. than that i'm surprised that he didn't do that out of spite (laughs) so (laughs) he they they're in trouble like but like the the crown Buckingham Palace, they're all mad at Henry. We've also got the entire, you you know, presidential cabinet pissed off at Alex. And everybody's like, okay, we've got to fix this. So what we're going to do is we're going to make it seem like you and Henry have been best friends this whole time. Okay? You guys are just going to be a couple of dudes hanging out, being bros, and you're going to do bro things. And Alex is like, okay. I guess I'll do this, even though I'm super mad about it. I don't want to do any of this. So he ends up having to go to England, and they he kind of realizes that maybe he judged Henry a little too much, and Henry is not at all the person that he thought that he was. And they start to, you know, have a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of texting, a little bit of flirtation, and eventually it leads to them smooching and then some other stuff so that is pretty much the main summary of this book the main tropes in this book are like enemies to lovers and like secret relationship relationship and it's just it's so it's it's done so well so um i'm gonna start with our 
review section. So if you're this is your first time listening to us, we do a spoiler-free section at the beginning, and then we'll do a spoiler section. So if you want to get to the spoiler section, you know, you can skip through all this. But if you want to hear our thoughts through all this, just keep watching. Anyway. Stick around. Yeah. So our first thing is, would you recommend this book to a fellow reader, Courtney? I think I already know the answer. <laughs> Duh. Uh, yeah it's like and listen I'm like a massive fantasy romance reader so like the vast majority of the top of my recommendation list is fantasy romance but this bad boy has cracked that glass ceiling Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's so good it's a little hefty you know you see it Mm -hmm. she's thick but it's no worse than things we never got over. And I will sing that book's praises from the top of every hill. So, uh, yeah, a resounding, compelling yes. You Not only should you read it, you must. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I will recommend this book to literally anybody who will listen. Um, it is so good. It is, like, it's fulfilling it is satisfying, it's enjoyable, it's hilarious. There's it's so many times where hilarious. I laughed out loud. It is a little long, and the chapters are, in fact, 50 pages long. Um, but it's it's all worth it. All totally worth it. So, um, would you recommend this book to your younger sisters, though? Because for me personally, they have sex a lot. They have sex a lot. All of the, like, dark pink ones are when they have sex. They have sex a lot. Um, and for that reason alone, I could not recommend it to somebody under the age of 18. But what do you think? Yeah, listen, it, the sex scenes are not descriptive. Nonetheless, they are there. And you know perfectly well what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's also some reference to drug abuse, so that's a little bit of a deterrent for me. But no, I wouldn't recommend this to my sisters at their current age. Maybe when they're older, they mm-hmm. have a better understanding of the world. Um, but it, to be honest, right now my sisters live in like a small town in the mountains of Colorado. So like they're very much cut off from the larger parts of society. Obviously they have social media and stuff. But like, um, I don't know, I think this would be a really impactful book for them to read in their 20s mm-hmm. when they've entered the real world and they are not innocent minded you know um but yeah it's not appropriate for teenagers sorry teenagers it's simply not as good as as it is so it came out four years ago anyways just wait mm-hmm. a couple more years it's never mm-hmm. gonna get old um there were a couple pop culture references but i didn't think they were terribly done like um most of the time I hate pop culture references just because they really date the piece. But there's also a lot of quotes from historical figures throughout the book, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, like, there's a good mix of references to pop culture and history, which I think... I don't know why, but I think the pop culture references work because of that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. They're not as cringy, and they don't date right. it as much. Because there's Mm -hmm. references from all over the place. Plus, it says when the election is happening. It's supposed to be 2020. But, um, yeah. So, not for sisters. Not for young adults. But everybody else. Jump on this train. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that this was such a good book. I'm going to say it like a thousand times in this episode because it was just so good. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to our pillars. Now, Courtney and I, we have four pillars that we rank out of five because ten is too many. And these four pillars are the essential parts of books that Courtney and I look for when we're reading books. They're like the they're like the things that Courtney and I need in books to like really satisfy our hunger for, for reading. Yeah, our bread and butter, if you will. Yes, exactly. Um, so those are uh, the witty banter, the character development, the realism, and the smut. Now, we're going to start with the witty banter. Now, Courtney, what would you give this book for witty banter? This is some of the best witty banter I have ever seen, even between side characters, um, like uh, Pez and June. Mm-hmm. Great dynamic. Pez, hilarious. June, hilarious. They're all so funny. But this, and this isn't really a spoiler. These are some of the uh, the greetings from the emails that they sent to each other. Huge raging headache, Prince Henry of who cares? Um, first son of shirking responsibilities. Horrible, revolting air. This is how they address each other, even when they're, like, flirting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that gives you some sort of sense of, like, the level of wittiness, the level of banter, it's a five. It's a, mm-hmm. it's the strongest five ever. And, like, they do start off as, um, it, it starts off as enemies to lovers that pretty quickly dissipates within, like, the first two chapters, even though the first two chapters are ginormous. Um, and normally, like, Enemies to Lovers provides ample room for witty banter. But it's throughout the entire book, and it's also between the side characters. And I have just mm-hmm. never seen it executed this well in my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was probably, like, one of the best elements of this book. And that's why I laughed so much. Because it, mm-hmm. it's it's witty. It's funny. All of the characters are funny. Like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, I thought that it just it, it just hit every mark. So five for me as well. It's just it's so funny. There's so many times where I was like laughing out loud, and Terry was like, "What are you laughing about?" And I'm like, "It's funny." <laughs> um. So yeah, I give it a five as well. Let's move on to the character development. So what do you think of the character development throughout this book? Hmm. See, I, that one, the main struggle, for obvious reasons, is that, is the character's sexual orientation and their positions in society. And while coming out is obviously um, what I can imagine would be an extremely difficult experience, that in itself is character development on a real scale for anybody, right? Um, But... I think, like, Alex and Henry both really come into their own throughout the book, right? Like, they're these people who are both brilliant, um, but basically their positions in society have kind of been secured by the people around them, by their family, the monarchy, and obviously the presidency. Um, And throughout the book, like, they're always self-assured and kind of confident, but I think they really come into their own and, like, what their beliefs and wants are. So I thought that that was really impactful. And I also thought, you know, unfortunately, they kind of got forced to come out. Um, but the way they handled it together, too, was really wonderful. Like, they didn't really turn on each other a ton. 
Oh, which is what you might expect, especially with how much media was involved with everything happening. Um, but overall, I thought there were pretty good people throughout the book. There were obviously some obstacles that they had to overcome, but um, I think just because of the way they handled everything and how they kind of came into themselves in the end, I want to give it like, I'm going to say a five, just because this book was so good. Like there, there wasn't any, aside from coming out of the closet, which like I said, is a huge, huge, huge thing to do, especially for people in a, in a prominent position like that. Um, I don't know. They were both just pretty self-assured throughout the book, very capable. Um, and they just kind of really grew into that, but it wasn't like they had to do a total 180 personality flip, which isn't always realistic in romance books, mm-hmm. but if that makes sense. No, I give it a five as well. I feel like they overcame a lot and both of them had to learn to accept part of themselves that they never thought they'd get to publicly accept. Um, And both of them get to just like, I don't know, they they both just end up being better people than they were at the start and like more in touch with who they are as their own individual person and also as a couple. And I thought that was really great. So I'm going to give it a five as well. Um, Let's talk about the smut in this book. Now, what would you give the smut? Okay, so here's the thing. Before I give it a number, let's discuss it a little. Because smut varies from book to book, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we talk about sometimes it's not super prevalent or sometimes it's not super spicy and that affects our rating. So the smut in this book isn't like super descriptive right like it is in some other novels and i don't know if that's just because they wanted it to be um more of a mainstream read the author maybe they were apprehensive about like going that heavy into detail but i actually liked the level of detail that was involved in the smut you absolutely know what's going on when it's happening but it's also not like describing Mm -hmm. things like robbing or anything like that and sometimes when I read those in books I'm just kind of like ew like and I'm not saying like I like in any romance book gay straight whatever like when sometimes when I read super descriptive smut scenes it just makes me feel like kind of gross but these ones were just like the they were the perfect amount of descriptive and um illustrative I guess or elusive like they you know what's happening but it it doesn't have to be laid out before you but it's also not fade to black Mm -hmm. um so it was an interesting combination I don't even think I've seen this done before in romance I have never seen this done before um Uh, the way it was executed what I was gonna say that this that it's kind of like this in Song of Achilles as well okay and and that one we're going to be doing later on in the month so revisit for that and I haven't mm-hmm. read that one yet but Maddie has so um but the way it was done especially just because I've never really seen anything like that in the romance books that I've read I and I really enjoyed it because it was like the perfect happy medium you know what's happening it's not fade to black but it's also not like getting into the nitty-gritty or getting like super descriptive so mm-hmm. um they also like do it a lot throughout the book uh so quantity is up there quality is up there it's not necessarily as spicy as some other books but i also want to give it a five yeah i'm gonna give it a five as well because for the same reasons i've because like this the way that the, that the author wrote this they obviously put a lot of thought into 
the actions mm-hmm. and they also put a lot of thought into the way that it would be interpreted by other people without right. having to go super in depth about what is actually happening and i've like th- this is something that's like pretty revolutionary like it's not really something that's done a whole lot and it was super refreshing to just have these scenes happen and like you're getting the same information that you're getting from like a well-described scene that it doesn't even impact anything if that makes sense yeah and you have to be like an an incredible writer to like create they create like an ambiance they create like you can not necessarily picture it in your head but like when you as a writer can describe something without like like actually going into heavy detail and the reader can still get like a basically a clear picture image in their head like it takes a lot of talent and skill and this writer absolutely has it like they they have it down to a science it's so good mm-hmm. um that type of writing like it, it's just it's really not something I've seen before in my books so I was really blown away by that honestly and I think it takes a, a tremendous amount of skill to write that vividly while also being like somewhat nondescript mm-hmm. it was a, it I, was a really interesting combination they have a couple other books that I'm interested in reading because I want to see if they do something like that like that in those books as well because if yeah. so it like it's it's super just really different than what I'm used to so it's really nice to read I agree and I just I think it it just takes a tremendous amount of skill to pull that off and they did it mm-hmm. so well so like I commend them tremendously for that um in addition to making the characters lovable and the chemistry palpable like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just a really it, it's nothing like I've ever read before in that guard regard mm-hmm. and I thought it was really excellent so all the kudos uh, yes so let's talk about the last category, which is the realism. Now, this is going to be a little controversial because I feel like I'm qualified enough to say that I think that this is pretty realistic, okay? I have a master's degree in political science, okay? <laughs> I I am a political scientist. I am qualified to be saying that I think this book is really accurate. I think that's... It's not a humble flex. I am straight up bragging right now, okay? <laughs> this book is so like okay maybe their relationship not totally realistic and obviously this book is written in an alternative world where a woman won the presidency in 2016 we did not have donald trump as the last president before well now it's joe biden i keep forgetting that joe biden even is alive and real um but, <laughs> but like i just like that part maybe not super realistic you know because that's not what happened in real life um, but the the situations that happen in here, like the the way that everybody's going about things, the the optics, the attempts to control narrative, all of that stuff is completely realistic to what it's like to be in politics. And the way that they're kind of the way that Alex is kind of used and the way that his sister is kind of used by a political campaign is very realistic. I mean, that is something that I have experienced several times throughout my uh, life as a political scientist is being used by campaigns. And that is just the truth of it. I mean, that's just the realistic 
And I also think that Alex is like super, super naive, but thinks he knows everything because he's 21. He's like, I'm going to be a senator. And I remember being in that same position, being exactly where he is and being like, ah, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Yeah. I'm going to fix all the world's problems mm-hmm. and it's going to be super easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so I am obviously not a poli-sci master. However, uh, I have worked on several campaigns. I also worked for a political nonprofit for an exceedingly long amount of time. Um, and being in law school, a lot of the people that are my classmates are people who seek to be elected to office. So like a pretty good grasp on the political side. And yeah, truly a lot of it is like right on the mark. There's some scandals that come out, the war room meetings that have to happen, very realistic. Um, And like there, yeah, there were parts of the book where I was reading it and I was like, I feel like I have literally been, obviously not on a presidential scale, but I have been in this situation before Mm -hmm. on a campaign that I've worked in. Like we're all huddled in this room trying to deal with this issue or like the candidate's son is the one who's out knocking doors with us and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty realistic obviously any romance that like involves the monarchy like the monarchy um is gonna have an element of something unrealistic um and like considering the the royal family has just now come around to like allowing their members to seek divorce and they didn't even do that like willingly necessarily you know Mm -hmm. um princess diana kind of forced their hand on that but like they and they killed her for it yeah allegedly snails um on the progression on the progress timeline so like i the way they dealt with um, the prince coming out, I was like, ooh, I don't, you know, that detracted from the realism element a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's like, they're not really the the royal family. Like, it's royal family adjacent. It's the same thing it's- with the presidency. It's not, like, his mom isn't Hillary Clinton or anything, right? She's right. like a middle-aged white lady from Texas. Um, mm-hmm. But like, most She's of the like, political parts were realistic. I think, like, also the the part, like, their relationship was realistic in the sense that, like, I can imagine that would be realistic for people from different prominent areas of society with prominent families navigating what could be potentially a giant PR disaster. Um, and, like, in this day and age, it's not as controversial to be the child of someone famous and also be gay. Um, or bisexual or whatever but um yeah I still despite all of that I still thought like the political elements were realistic the relationship was realistic um I thought the scandals that came out were somewhat realistic Mm -hmm. uh based on what I've seen so as much as the the royal family element kind of detracts from the realism and so does like being the president's son or whatever because those positions are very narrow um, and they're filled by people in our society that we know pretty well at this point. I still think the story was very realistic for as, you know, conjured up as it was. Mm-hmm. Which makes me really want to give it a five. Like, I know that there's parts of it that would never happen because those people aren't real. But I feel like 
the research that was done for this book on politics in general, not even just like looking at what people argue about on the Senate floor and stuff like that, but like the actual political process of campaigns and elections and stuff like that and scandals. Also like, you know, um, international relations and stuff with the United States. I thought it was all really well researched. And so I think it deserves a five, despite Mm -hmm. what could be considered shortcomings in the realistic parts of the plot. Yeah, I agree. The monarch part is a little... (laughs) We'll we'll talk about it in the spoilers, but it is definitely a little. Although, um, it is... They are 100% an alternative royal family, but where their great uncle is still a Nazi who... who, What is the word? A, a, A... Abudicates? What's the word? Uh, not adjudicate. <laughs> Abdicate. The Abdicates the throne because they're a Nazi, which is, which is happened in real life as well. Yeah, and his but. grandma is the queen, but it's not the queen. You so know, there's no queen anymore. The queen is dead. And, yeah, and his his dad is dead, but his mom mm-hmm. is the... Oh, also, the call back. His dad was James Bond. <laughs> Call back to Funny You Should Ask yeah, that we just reviewed. Small Anyhow. Mom. So um, what would you rate this book overall? I mean, I have an idea of what you'd give it, but what would you and give considering it? Considering the fact that I gave it a five in all of the categories, logically it would follow that it gets a five, mm-hmm. and it does. Um, and we've been stingy with these, which I still think all the books we've given fives to have absolutely deserved it. Yes. Um, but this is going to, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be up there with Daisy Jones and Things You Never Got Over when we do our end mm-hmm. of year review. Yeah. Um, right now, those three are like, and as much as I love Emily Henry, you know I do. Those three are duking it out for top spot on mm-hmm. books we've done on the podcast this year. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there's some others I've read outside of the podcast that are also up there for me, but this is absolutely top 10, top five for the year. Yeah. This um, book, I'm also going to give it a five. I love this book equally as much as I love Daisy Jones and more than I love Things We Never Got Over. Okay. So, like, it's it's way up there for me. It's top, it's top three so far, so. Fair enough. I, yeah. my problem is, like, my, my rankings get diluted by all the fantasy romance I read because they're just mm-hmm. so different than, like, uh, I just finished fourth wing which was like so predictable so predictable i loved it anyways <laughs> it's in my top 10 for the year and i'm reading a bunch of other tiktok books that just came out and i like they're good but it's just so hard like i feel like i have need to have different categories because they just they're not even comparable mm-hmm. like this book is a five for me um fourth wing is a five for me but for different reasons like different hello um, <laughs> Guest appearance. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, but yeah, I would I would also give it a five. I thought I just think that this book is absolutely incredible. I will never not tell somebody to read this book. <laughs> I mean, I feel very passionate about this. And I think that it was just so good. They were so funny. Yeah. So funny. But that being said. I guess we should move on to the spoiler section of this book. So if you have not read this book, do not watch this section. Leave. Go read this book and then come back. Because you do not need to be, you you do not get to enjoy this without enjoying the book first. 
So banned. Banned. Um, but it, but if you have read the book, welcome. Join our our circle here where we're where we will be talking in depth about this book. Um, and going through every single major plot point. <laughs> Because I marked every single major plot point because it was just like, yeah. Okay. So we start. Okay. He's at the wedding. Royal wedding. Right. He falls over. He knocks over this cake, which so funny. Um, there's absolutely so nothing he can do to stop it. It comes crashing down onto the floor in an avalanche of white buttercream, some kind of sugary $75,000 nightmare. Yeah. And then and that's- Prince Henry curses for the first time yep. ever yep. in Alex's presence. <laughs> we also find out, I, I don't know if it's in this chapter or if in one of the previous, or like in the first chapter or the second chapter, but we also find out that they, Alex met Henry at the Rio Olympics and he went up to him and he was like, hey, um, nice to meet you. This is before he's the president's son too. He's just some some senator's child. And the prince is, like, super mean and a dick to him. And he's like, okay, fine. Screw you. But we also find out that when he was younger, he had, like, a magazine that he had of Prince Henry. Hang on. Did you have said magazines? J14? Yeah, like... Yeah. Like, little teeny bopper girl magazines. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I... When I lived with my dad during the summers, Kate and I, we put up every single One Direction poster that we could find in my room. Every single one. I had one on my ceiling of Harry Styles. I, I loved that man. For me, it was Nick Jonas. Mm. Yeah, because he was with the diabetes. Could get along yeah. well with your yeah. diabetes. <laughs> Share insulin pumps. I don't know. Um. Yes. So he was, I would make my parents purchase those magazines, which I would never read ever um and then i would simply remove the staples so that i can pull out the pictures of nick jonas so alex is just like all the rest of us he's just like all of us uh, yeah i think my yes. i think my aunt got me like a subscription to j14 for christmas one year and i was like <laughs> yes i would just yeah. i would ask my stepmom to buy them for me because she used to read like people magazines and stuff and i was like yes for me. Um, Athena used to read people magazines and she'd like hoard them to the point where like she would let me have them and I would like cut them up and I'd make up fake stories and make fake magazines. Wow. With fake That's stories. That's honestly super impressive. Thank you. Little, little uh, I should have made one for my dad that was like Chris and Zach Efron very happy <laughs> together. <laughs> I should He's do that. Man. He'd love that. Yeah. My That's dad so sleeps with a picture of Zach Efron next to his bed every night. I don't know if we've mentioned that on the podcast before, but we gifted it to him after we watched um, The Greatest Showman with him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he sat there and said, Zac Efron is so effing hot. And Maddie and I were that's what I'll do for for Father's Day this year. I'll make him like a little (gasps) poster and like frame it and send it over. A fake article of him and Zac and their love. Love Mm -hmm. that. Um, Anywho, so you know the type. (laughs) If you're a if you were a teenage girl in the two thousands, early two thousands, mid two thousands, you know what we're talking about. And Alex covets this picture of Prince yes. Henry. And yes. he thinks it's a secret. And then later on his sister brings in the magazine 
And he's like, no, you knew? And she's like, yeah, I saw your dirty little grubby fingerprints yeah. on only that one yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, sitting underneath her desk, like, caressing the photo of him. Like, just, like, running his finger down. It's just, like, covered in, like, Cheeto dust. Like, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, me too. When she said he has, like, his grubby fingers on it. Mm-hmm. Which is also so funny to me because he goes through, like, and we'll get to this in a little bit. He goes through a little identity crisis, right? Because he always thought he was, like, kind of straight even though he had, like, a, a friend. In yeah, he's like, I'm friend. straight. But, like, everybody, like, hooks up with their best friend, right? And he's, everyone's like, No. no. <laughs> Um, but, like, it was so funny to me that he, like, covets this picture of a boy in, like, a teeny bopper girl magazine, and he's like, I'm not gay. Yeah. That's so gay? Why would you say that? I'm not gay. I'm not gay. you say I'm, I'm like, gay. I was like, uh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that was funny. And, like, they came, they circled back to the magazine, like, way later in the book, too, which I thought was so funny. Like, even, that's how well orchestrated this book is. Like, there's little stuff like that that's hinted at, but all of it is followed through on. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like with a lot of books, they'll, like, drop something like that and then just forget about it later on in the plot. Every mm-hmm. single little drop throughout is revisited and tied up in a pretty bow yep. at the end. So, um... Right, anyways. <laughs> so then we find out that um, we're introduced to some of the side characters. So we've got Nora, who is the granddaughter of the vice president. And also Alex's, like, ex-girlfriend, kind of. Um, and then, Yeah, and then there's June, who is his sister, which my sister yeah. is June also. I know. And her name's also Junebug, and he calls her Junebug. That's what I call my sister. So, um, you know, they, he goes, so he's sent to England, where he is to talk about, um, being besties with Henry. And they're yeah. staying in, like, this room, and, like, he escapes out of his room, and he goes to, like, have a snack, and he goes down to have a snack, and the prince is down there also having a snack. And there's, like, this cute little line. It's, like, kind of like a throwaway line, but it's kind of cute. And this is what it says. Um, are you done? Alex asks. I was on a call. Henry blinks, then folds his arm over his chest back and back on the defensive. Of course, I won't keep you. As he leaves the kitchen, he pauses in the doorframe, considering. I didn't know you wore glasses, he says finally. And he leaves Alex standing there alone in the kitchen, the box of Cornettos sweating on the counter. It's just cute. It's like, I didn't know. I don't know. I just, it was like, like he like been like peering at him, like looking at him and never seen him with glasses before. And he's like, I didn't know you wore glasses my god he noticed i know so they um end up going to this children's hospital because henry's dad died of cancer and now he goes to the cancer ward to help out with like the kids there and he talks to them and stuff like that and he's talking to one of the kids about star wars and alex is like he likes star wars he's just like me I like Star Wars too. And I'm like, yeah, like the rest of us. Yeah, who doesn't like Star Wars? (laughs) And 
you know, they're they're at this hospital, and then there's like a balloon that pops down, or it's a firework that goes off, and everybody thinks that there's gunshots at this child's children's hospital, so they are thrown into this closet together, and they're like all sprawled out on top of each other, and I'm like, oh, okay. So they are talking while they're like all sprawled up against each other and Alex is like, his body's so hard, but I'm straight. <laughs> yeah, that's like the first half of the book. Not even half. Mm-hmm. Well, less than half. That's like his whole internal battle. Yeah. He's like, I love this picture of him. I'm touching him and I like it, but I'm not gay. No. Um, mm-hmm. Well, bisexual, but anyways, um, yeah, so they have successfully created this narrative that they're friends after the whole cake fiasco through this little visit. And then there's the New Year's Eve party. Yep, there's a New Year's Eve party in the United States. And they are like, oh, we're going to have like this huge party. So like, why doesn't Henry come? Because Alex is loving spending time with Henry. They're like talking to each other. He calls Henry on thanksgiving when he asks his mom if the pardoned turkeys can sleep in his room for some reason um and she's just like sure you can have turkeys up in this very historical room go for it um and he you know they're just like vibing they're having a good time together they're they're bros they're definitely bros but new year's eve you know he's like he's like or he kisses nora because it's you know new year's eve you kiss you kiss somebody She's and, familiar, too. Ex-girlfriend, yeah, yeah. part of the White House trio. They're cool, yeah, by the way. Like, they're cool yeah. throughout the book. Yeah. And um, Henry sees this, and he is like, nope. And he leaves. And Alex is like, what happened to Henry? Like, I I was ex- I was excited to hang out with him and see what he's doing. And he goes he out go? to the garden, and he sees Henry. He's like, what's wrong? And then Henry just plants one on him. just, And he's like, whoa (laughs) and then he's like talking about to himself and he's like yeah like i don't really understand why i feel this way because i'm straight (laughs) and get it and all of us are like we get it (laughs) and he's like but like i had like a friend like in high school named liam and like we used to make out all the time (laughs) but now liam and i don't talk so like i don't really understand so that makes me like straight right right Anyway, so he call he calls up Liam at some point, and he's like, "Um, that's like normal, right?" And Liam's like, "I'm very much gay," and also that is not also what we did. That's also gay. <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, well maybe I'm bisexual then." So then he starts to embrace his identity as the bisexual first son of the United States. Right, but he comes out to absolutely no one. Yes. Um, but then he ends up going back to right he, yeah, he ends up going back to England, right? Hmm. Uh, I believe so. He kind of ghosts him. Yeah, After they like ghost each other for like a month. Like they like just don't talk. And then mm-hmm. he ends up going to Hmm. It's some sort of event. Yeah, like but Alex. Go- Alex corners him. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, hey, 
Yeah, Could why are you not? Them. Why are you not talking to me? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, they're in England. And then they go into a private room. Mhm. And now and they start picks them up and shoves them on out. the table. Yeah, and they're making out and it's steamy. And his bodyguard is there and his both their bodyguards are there, but they're like not really paying any attention. And they're like, "Okay, time's up like you gotta cut you gotta get out of here so they go out and they make a plan to like meet up later that evening and they meet up later that evening and they do some stuff and they have some stuff that happens followed by another section where more stuff happens and then (laughs) listen they're they're doing a lot (laughs) yeah there's some they don't go all the way, you know, but mm-hmm, they do some mm-hmm. stuff. Also, he goes to, Alex goes to, was it like a polo match, croquet, something like that? Whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Yeah, you, with you horses. Blokes. You British blokes. Anyways. <laughs> okay, this made me laugh so hard. I'm so sorry, but he's in like his fucking jockey Equestrian gear. outfit, yeah. He has like knee pads on. And Alex is like, this is doing <laughs> it for put me. Those knee pads to work. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so he like blows him like right then and there. And all I could think about is how gross it must be because he was just on a horse and he's like probably yeah. all sweaty and stuff. And I'm just like, ew. Yeah. And then um, there's some incredible back and forth emails. Um, this is where a lot of the witty banter comes from also. I'll read one single one just so you can get a perspective. Horrible, revolting air. It's really come to my attention you're not quite as boring as I thought. Sometimes. Namely when you're doing the thing with your tongue. Alex, son of questionable lightning emails. Um, oh. Sorry. Just to chime in. Their communication over emails, the first time I saw it, I'm like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Obviously. I'm, like, I'm like, why are you saying these things in these emails? Just it's not chat. gonna. Yes, like normal people. Like I don't get a WhatsApp. Maybe, you know what? Maybe this is a callback to like the whole Hillary thing. It is. Know. It it totally is. Because at the end, they're like, "What else was that server used for?" I'm like, okay. <laughs> um. Okay, so then Alex during this this first part of it is in school still. So he's like, he's in he's in college. He's about to graduate from Georgetown, I believe, right? Or is it George Washington? I think it's Georgetown. Okay, I don't know one one of the Georges out there in D.C. And he is graduating, and his his bodyguard gives him a card that says good job doing what was expected of you and i just said wow that really feels like something that one of my family members wrote for me (laughs) um that made me laugh so then they they do they actually have like actual sex on page 197 and he pulls out a tiny bottle of lube and alex is like I never thought it would come to this little tiny travel-sized bottle of lube. Um, also, okay, this made me laugh. Small excerpt from their, from that specific scene. Mm-hmm. 
Alex looks up and Henry is grinning at him. I hate you. Maybe some light lacrosse roleplay? He's laughing now, arms coming up around Alex's shoulders to squeeze him to his chest. Oh, Captain, my Captain. <laughs> um, you're literally the worst, Alex says. Yeah, great, great stuff like that. So many, like, that's also kind of a pop culture reference, but mm-hmm. done in such a integrated into the text yes. not cringy like the taylor swift song came on over the radio mm-hmm. no um okay so then there's this whole part okay listen this casey they really be doing their research because they have this politico article about how 2020 is the year that texas becomes a true battleground state and i was like yes yes it was it was a year that Texas became a true battleground state. And I'm thinking, like, Arizona also becoming a battleground state, like a true battleground state. Um, had they been from Arizona instead of Texas, I would have been genuinely concerned that they were a psychic. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And, like, I don't know. There, and... I was living in Arizona when the 2020 election took place, but like, I don't know. Te- I think the the purpose behind including Texas for obvious reasons is just to establish like how great of a candidate Alex's mom is because mm-hmm. she is a white Southern woman from the the great state of Texas. The great um, state of Texas. Let's go. Yeehaw overwhelmingly a red state and she's obviously a democrat so like that part of the plot made a lot of sense right but like mm-hmm. I don't know, we also don't get a lot of candidates in politics from like the western even texas western states right it's all yeah. mostly east coast um, it's well i mean mccain but yeah but uh, even before that i'm trying to think like the 2016 election it was there was like 18 republicans and all 18 of the republicans i think were from the east coast east eastern states yeah i mean they're the older states so a lot of times they have more political machines that are like more what the hey, can you see the, the last president that was from an east coast or west coast state was ronald reagan oh california mm-hmm Sorry, my cat's chewing on plastic. It's okay. Uh, ah, yes. The Actors Guild leader himself. Yes. Get all the communists. Um, right. Anyways, so, um, I think the next big plot point, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that, like, Alex's mom finds out. Yes, but I wanted to mention before that that uh, he goes to um, England again, and Henry is playing the piano, and he plays it's uh, he plays your song by Elton John, and he goes, "It's your song." Oh, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, so cute. Aww. Yeah, and also Elton John doesn't count as a cringy pop culture reference because Elton John has no. been around for decades. Yes. Uh, so then they do it again, and it's like super romantic. And they're at 
the they're getting ready for the Democratic National Convention, which is one of the conventions where they like solidify who they're going to be having be the front runner for the presidency. So um they're going to the DNC where they're just gonna be like, Yeah, it's gonna be his mom again. <laughs> because she's the incumbent. So it's it's the Hit smart the call. call. Yeah. It, well, it's true. She's she's a good candidate in the book also. Not how real politics works, but you know. Mhm. So, um Then we find out that there is a independent senator from one of the states that will be joining the Republican ticket to be a member of their cabinet. And so we're like, oh my gosh, who could it be? But it's very obvious that it's going to be Rafael Luna, who is an independent uh, senator from Colorado, like we mentioned earlier. And it's very clear that that's who it's going to be. He's also He's a mentor to Alex. Mm-hmm. He's been a part of Alex's life. Alex did a lot of politics. And Alex sees what he wants to be in... Raphael like he's like I want to be just like him and so you know he also hears his dad and Raphael talking about um some secrets behind closed doors we're like what are they talking about um yeah and then you know Henry comes to comfort Alex Mm-hmm. During the convention, they get a little drunky, um, and they uh, head up to a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember if the LA party happens after that, before his well, mom finds out. No, it ha- his mom finds out on page two thirty seven. So her main problem is, is like the repercussions for the campaign. It's not even that. He's gay. She's He's like, gay. yeah, whatever. Sign yeah. these papers saying that you didn't use government money mm-hmm. to go speak with your boyfriend. And then she says, and then come to my office in a little bit. And he shows up. And she's made a PowerPoint presentation for him. The titles of these made me laugh so hard. Uh, okay, first of all, calendar request from mom. 2 p.m. West Wing, first floor, international ethics and sexual identity debrief. <laughs> all right, here's the slides. Slide one, sexual experimentation with foreign monarchs, a gray area. (laughs) Next title, exploring your sexuality, healthy, but does it have to be with the Prince of England? (laughs) Next up, federal, or sorry, no, yeah, federal funding, travel expenses, booty calls, and you. His mom apologizes too. She's like, I only had so much time, but... Love that approach. <laughs> yeah. So then they start writing freaking poetry to each other at some point. Yeah. Um, Sending a lot of historical uh, references. Yes, because on page 240, he mentions how he thinks Alexander Hamilton was bisexual. Also, because he wrote letters to a man that were titled or ended with affectionately yours or yours forever. And then throughout the rest of their emailing, they always add in some historical reference to some gay romance that was occurring throughout history, where history refers to them as roommates. Now, 
afterwards um, i think they go to la before that before the email exchanges maybe when they do karaoke mm. yes because i'm on 250 and they're at his dad's house mm, yeah maybe you're right and I think I the LA like... party happens before. Anyways, there's an LA party. The whole gang goes out. Pez, who we haven't really talked about before, who is um, Henry's best friend, who's in love with June. Um, he's also hilarious. Uh, they all go out and they do karaoke and they get super drunk. And Henry doesn't want to do karaoke, but he's coerced, if you will. His positive reinforcement occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's not really a lot of plot points for that one, other than it was just fun to see them all together, like having fun being normal adult people, even though all this other stuff is going on. And then uh, Henry comes to visit Alex's go, father's house. Yes, and they go to Texas, where they Texas. have their little vacation, and everything is like going fine. And then Alex is like. I'm going to tell him that I love him. So he goes to tell him that he loves him. And Henry's like, ah, 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 I'm going underwater. Like, he's like, not, not going to hear it. And he, you know, he like, they go to sleep. They like swear that like nothing bad is going to, is like happening and like everything's fine. And, um, he wakes up the next morning and Henry is gone. Henry has just abandoned post. Coward. And- and he, like, goes to try to text Henry, and Henry's not responding, and he's just, like, pissed. He's like, what the hell? So a week goes by, and he's like, you know what, I've had it. And he goes to England, and he goes to Buckingham Palace, and he's like, let me in! Um, <laughs> and he enters eventually, and he confronts Henry, and he's like, dude. What the like, hell? I thought we were bros bros that kiss <laughs> bros that love each other but apparently i was wrong and he's like you cited um you cited like these like really emotionally invest of invested greek people and he's like they both die at the end like we're just destined to die henry's like we're destined to die we're not destined to be together it's gonna be too complex i'm the prince of England and I have my birthright and I I have to be the spare and I have to do all this sort of stuff and Alex is like hey we can get through it like it'll be fine and then you know they kind of just talk about it yeah they kiss and make up basically both admit that they love each other yeah and that we'll figure this out yeah and then he Alex goes back home Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, when Alex's mom found out, she kicked him off the campaign. Because, mm, yeah. you know, uh, it's not a good look. And also, like, she wants to make sure that if it ever does come out, it doesn't look like he was using government funds or campaign funds for his own little right. escapades, if you will. But, um, so Alex returns home, and he's feeling kind of useless, you know, because he knows that Henry's going to have to face down his family, and he also is not allowed to work on the campaign anymore. Mm-hmm. And then finally, that's when we find out, kind of, that uh, Luna is going to be the vice presidential candidate, which is a huge personal blow 
or maybe it's before then because I think he talks to his dad about it but that's just Mm -hmm. like a huge personal blow and he's really struggling with that too he confronts Luna that's what it is and he tells Luna that he's gay and Luna's basically like you don't want this life like don't do this or he he tells Luna that he's bisexual he's also uh, like don't tell me this like I I have to use it against you if you tell me it's like just stop talking don't tell me these things yeah so that was a little sad but then um somebody some little rat leaks to the press um that they're potentially they they leak pictures of the the dem convention and in an effort to clean up the image they essentially the media team conjures up they work with the palace to conjure up this production for the media where um it looks like june is dating henry and like that's why him and alex hang out so much and it's because they're friends and then they make um alex pretend like he's dating his ex-girlfriend nora um but on the way to the date with henry like the fate date june has with henry alex decides to get in the car and make out with him and even though all the windows are blacked out some long-distance photographer got a picture of them kissing through the front windshield. Mm-hmm. So all of this is for naught. Um, and someone, I can't remember what her name is. She, Savannah, whatever. She barges into Alex's room. She's like the campaign manager. She barges into Alex's room at like three in the morning. And she's like, get up. And he's like, what? And it's because they've been found. They've been found out. Um, they've been outed. So it, at that point, uh, they have to do radio silence, right, to try and get a handle on the media, media blackout. And so Alex is, like, destroyed because he, like, he doesn't want it to affect his mom's campaign. He didn't want to be forced to come out on a public scale, especially because he wants to be a politician. He wanted to do it, like, the right way. Um, and he also feels horrible because Henry is dealing with all of this with his, like, kind of stick-in-the-mud family, obviously, because they're the monarchy all the way across the ocean and because of the media blackout like he can't talk to henry at all it's a really difficult portion of the book um and basically they decide that they got to go talk to to grams mm-hmm. so he he lady. goes to london with his bodyguard and they arrive and he's like the bodyguard's like calling the bodyguard of henry and it's like let us in and he's like Alex is like, why do you have his personal phone number? And his bodyguard's like, because it's my fiance. That's why. But we have discretion, unlike two other people we know. And I'm just like, that's that's hilarious. Um, so, you know, they have they have this conversation, and essentially, his brother Henry's brother is like very homophobic. Like he's just very much set in the old ways and like the tradition of the monarch and he's his like sister's cool about it though yeah his sister's fine but his brother is just like a total dick which sucks because he sets the tone you know because he's mm-hmm. the heir to the throne but they've got to have a meeting with grams because she is the reigning mm-hmm. monarch at the and time. she's like henry I'm very disappointed in you. You two will stop seeing each other now and um, get out of here and you will find a nice lady to marry and you will marry her and it will be fine. And he's yeah. like... And then Hen- no. Henry's mom is like... 
get out of here, mom. Um, yeah. You should be better than this. Henry's mom was super clutch, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, like, that was bound to be kind of a fiasco. Like, we know that. Come on. Even if it's royal family adjacent, like, it was going to be a fiasco. But mm-hmm. the masses, the crowds of London come out in mass gay support for Alex and Henry. And mm-hmm. so they forced the crown's hand. Yep. The whole world apparently was having... Um, I'm guessing the whole <laughs> Western world was in support of this. Um, and they like get a lot of support. They're selling t-shirts that quote some of their... Um, Emails that emails leaked. to one another. So like they have one that says history, huh? And then they go and they like tour around the city and there's like a bunch of artwork and murals that are being done of them. And some of them are like them as like Star Wars characters. And you know, he's kind of upset because he's like going through this whole thing. Things have been sur- mostly solved with the monarch. But he's upset because Nora has been missing in this whole thing. And so it was kind of giving me the vibe that, like, what if Nora leaked it? Like, what if she, like, just did it for whatever reason? But then she shows up and she's like, okay, I know who did it, who sent us the leaks and who sent us, like, who leaked it and everything like that. Because I am ultimate hacker girl. And... Which kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they established that she was. Yeah, listen, I can do the data her. analytics that she can do. I cannot hack computers. So, very different situations here. Um, and it turns out that the person who leaked, who that the hack came from the Republican person's um, computer staffers or whatever, was Raphael, who sent it to them. And it was basically like, if you. If the president will grant me immunity, then I will testify against the Richards campaign and discuss how they hacked and tried to, in you know, commit these committed these crimes. Um, and then we get like this this story of Luna like having nobody and nothing growing up and like growing up in these like shelters and trying to better his life and become a politician everything like that and how like Alex shouldn't look up to him even though like because like politics is like a very morally corrupt like you you have to I'm sorry to every single person in politics you have to be morally corrupt in order to be into politics and you have to be willing to uh, you know go back on the things that you believe because it's just you're never going to get anything done if you don't yeah um, well and so you, like prioritize note, that's like why although maddie is a data analyst um we're both at this point more removed from like campaigns and candidates in the political sphere one lobbying is what actually gets stuff done it's not the politicians like Mm -mm. as much as some of them may go into it with like hopes and dreams of making the world better it's the money that talks um but yeah i mean like in order to win an election you have to compromise some of your morals at some point because you're either gonna lose because you're playing fair or you're gonna like play the game back that's just how it is that's personally why i at 25 the ripe age of 25 you at the ripe age of 25 why we are no longer involved with like political candidates right Mm -hmm. um 
and I think it's kind of like you know how a lot of people view actors as kind of like morally depraved and I think it like I think it goes along with the fact that their career hinges entirely on them being able to like morph into different people it's the exact same thing for politicians like they're just actors so that was like a real kind of moment for me where I was like at least they're not like glamorizing this Mm -hmm. like it, it is a messy business um but we also kind of get Luna finally gives the backstory too for like why he decided to betray them essentially by running for the opposition with with the opposition and it's because uh Richardson is a dirty bad man who assaults young people on his campaign mm-hmm. and Luna was trying to oust him the whole time but um Luna still contributed to like this whole ordeal happening. Mm-hmm. Thankfully it had a good outcome, but like yeah, that was kind of a huge betrayal, honestly. Yep. Um so then you know, the election occurs and it goes well. It goes in favor of Alex's mom. She wins the election. She does does she lose Texas or does she almost lose Texas? I think, I think she, she she wins Texas, but like very very slim. Yeah, she and wins Nevada Texas. goes red, which not anymore. But yeah, well, technically, technically, Nevada's a swing state because we have a large population of independent voters in the state of Nevada. We have more independent mm-hmm. voters than anybody registered to a particular party, and because of that, people don't vote straight down the line; they vote for different positions differently based off of credentials and not um, party affiliation. Like, for an example, in the 2020 election, we had a major sweep, I believe, for the attorney general um, for a Democrat, even though we elected a Republican governor, um, because the person who was running as a Republican for the attorney general's position had literally said that the person who is our current attorney general, who is a black man, should be. Wow. Yeah. Well, I you know what? That's something. Not the racism. Sorry. Let me clarify. The the independents voting for like candidate qualities and platforms. Something we don't see on a national scale, which I wish we would. The party system has absolutely destroyed the American political sphere. Let's, let's get some ranked choice voting in here and abolish the electoral <laughs> college. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, it, it is fiction. So like Nevada, you know, got to take it with a grain of salt, but like um, she ends up winning Texas, which is like what it comes down to is Texas, which is close mm-hmm. to home, obviously. Um, and thankfully things kind of settle down a little bit for Alex and Henry, especially after that. There's also, so then, you know, they like, they go, they, they assign Henry a room at the, at the White House and it is the Queen's room and he goes quite aggressively pink, isn't it? And it's the only (laughs) time anybody says isn't it in this and I laugh so hard, isn't it? Um, and then they, you know. Yeah, you know. But then they also, so this whole time Alex has had, like, the key to his childhood. Wait, are you saying something else? 
No. Okay. Alex has had the key to his childhood home on a necklace. Um, and it's like him kind of trying to keep in touch with who he was when he was growing up now that he's in the White House. And the, they kind of end off the story by him sharing that with Henry, which was cute. Mm-hmm. So that's how the story ends. They end up going back to his childhood house and he's like, welcome to my house. It kind of, there's parts of it that reminded me, I don't know if it's just because of the monarchy type thing or like the media blackouts and stuff like that. A little bit reminded me of Twisted, whatever the second one is. Games, yeah. There's, I mean, like, any book that has similar qualities will obviously, I'll associate that in my head. But there were parts that reminded me of that, but this book is so much better than that one. Yeah. Yeah, this book is just, this book is so good. I I loved reading it. It's so, it is really long. And the yeah. chapters being as long as they are is a little annoying because I would be like, okay, I'm going to read one more chapter and go to bed. And then it'd be like two and a half hours later and I'm like halfway through one of the chapters. Um, but it was just such an enjoyable experience. I had so much fun reading it and I really would recommend this to pretty much anybody. Yes, I would also recommend it. I'm trying to figure out, I think there's only like, there's like 14 chapters. This mm-hmm. book is like 415 pages or something like that. If that yeah. gives you reference. But uh, it's good. Well worth the time it took to read. Which was a couple days for me. Just because I've been doing some stuff. Reading some other books in between. But mm-hmm. yeah. This was a huge success. It was hyped for a reason. A very good reason. Um, and if you haven't already given into the the tiktok refs sometimes they are in fact hidden they're popping um so give this book a a read if you haven't um for those of you that have read it and liked it please let us know in the comments what you think about some of the plot points and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um aside from that we talked about this a little bit on our last podcast episode, but if you weren't there joining us, Maddie and I have started an Etsy store for some bookmarks here that we have created. Super cute bookish um, bookmarks here, uh, and we will be selling those. All the proceeds will be going towards the podcast, some of the programs that we use books production costs for um bookmarks and stuff but it's all going towards supporting the podcast and our page so we would really appreciate your support we're going to be dropping a new bookmark every month um just to keep things fresh and fun so keep an eye on our instagram because that's where we'll be mostly talking about that um and we'll also have the etsy link up and running here so yeah Yeah. all right well Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you are on YouTube, thank you for watching our faces. Um, Make sure you leave a like and subscribe if you have not already subscribed. Um, If you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a five-star review. It helps so much with the algorithm on there. So just please leave those reviews. Um, If you are interested in what we're doing when we're not here... We have social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, all at the Woody Banter Book Club. 
And that is all I have to say. So I guess without further ado, the last thing I have to say is... Happy, Happy reading. reading. <laughs>